0: Welcome to the Breathe Easy Critical Perspective Podcast. My name is Dominic Pepper, and in this podcast, we interview leaders and experts in critical care. And for today, we go to Denmark to discuss delirium in the ICU.
1: Yes, of course. Hi, I'm Nina. I'm a a physician and a PhD student at the University Hospital of Sealand in Denmark. Um, And I'm also the coordinating investigator of the 8ICU trial. And clinically, I work as a, a doctor in training in anesthesiology and intensive care.
0: An absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, today, we'll be discussing your publication, um, Haloperidol for the Treatment of Delirium in ICU Patients. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, in 2022. So maybe, Nina, you can kick us off. Um, why did you perform the study?
1: Well, uh, I'm part of the research uh, collaboration, which is called uh, uh, Krik, which is a Danish organization. They have uh, conducted multiple trials in the ICU and generally the work to create more evidence based medicine for critically ill patients. So, we have performed trials where we test frequently used interventions in the ICU that are, are not supported by evidence. So, delirium is a prevalent condition in the ICU and it is challenging to treat, and they're actually doesn't exist any evidence-based treatment for this condition, but these patients are treated with pharmacological interventions anyway. So this is why our group focused on a treatment of delirium.
0: Yeah, this is a pretty interesting paper looking at haloperidol. Uh, and as you said, delirium is very common. and We don't seem to have a pretty good hold on treating it with pharmacologic agents. So this paper was rather timely. Um, what would be the mechanism of benefit um, if one were to use haloperidol for the treatment of delirium?
1: Well, actually, the way we conducted the trial, we worked the other way around. Uh, We actually do like a clinical trial. We test something that we do in clinical practice. So the rationale for the trial was that we tested something that we did in clinical practice that we doesn't have Evidence to support this practice, and then we test it. The rationale for how haloperidol should should treat uh, delirium is, is uh, I guess that's come from the the antipsychotics effects of uh, so called psychosis in the ICU. But that our trial doesn't really answer how uh, haloperidol uh, treat delirium.
0: Gotcha. So let's jump into your study aims. Uh, What were the aims of your study and what were your methods?
1: Yeah, adac was part of this research program. So first we identified the most frequently used agent to treat delirium. This was done in the AIDSU cohort study, um, which was published back in 2018. And here they found that haloperidol was still the most frequently used agent. Then the trial team went on to conduct a systematic review to search the evidence for the use of this drug in these patients, and it found that the evidence was sparse and inconsistent. And that's why we chose, we found room to make this trial as uh, we didn't have a good evidence uh, to support this practice. So the aim of the trial was to assess the benefit and harms of haloperidol for the treatment of delirium in ICU
0: patients. Great. And then you went and performed a multi-sensor blinded placebo-controlled trial. Maybe for our audience, you can just tell us um, what the different uh, intervention arms were and how you went about designing the trial.
1: Um, Yeah, we uh, randomized adult patients acutely admitted to the ICU, and they were randomized to either haloperidol 2.5 milligram uh, times three daily, with the possibility of giving as-needed doses to a maximum of twenty milligram uh, uh, daily, or uh, matching placebo. In this uh, interventions, patients were only treated as long as they were delirious, and patients were screened with either CAM-ICU or the ICDSC tool uh, to assess their delirium status. And uh, we defined the patient to be de- delirium-free if they had one day of. Uh, two negative screenings on the same day on either of these two scales. Uh, And uh, also in this intervention, there was also a possibility to give rescue medication if patients were not uh, sufficiently treated within this intervention. Um, Yeah, and there the physician could could choose between either propofol, benzodiazepines, or alpha-2 agonists, and this was at the clinician's discretion. So and in yeah, the intervention period was uh, ninety days, or patients um, until patients were delirium free or discharged from the ICU.
0: And then, what were your key findings? Did haloperidol improve uh, outcomes for patients with uh, delirium in the ICU? Uh, the trial find they
1: found that our primary outcome. Which was days alive and out of hospital did not uh, increase significantly um, in the haloperidol group compared to the placebo group, but uh, we did also we did find that patients in the haloperidol group had lower mortality than those in the placebo group, and most importantly, the trial um, found that uh, serious adverse reactions to haloperidol were few and they were equally uh, common in the two groups. So I think the main finding of the trial was that the uh, use of haloperidol in these patients in the dosing used in the trial was safe.
0: So how would this change clinical practice? Uh, Based on your findings, do you think haloperidol should be routinely used in intensive care for delirium? Should it be used uh, as needed or should we stop using it?
1: I think that like many other things that that this uh, finding was rather surprising. Uh, I think our group normal, we work to take intervention out of the ICU as they are not showing to, the, the results of our trials have been neutral so far. And it was rather surprising that this may be beneficial. Um, uncertainty remains, of course, this one trial. Uh, but as the trial indicated, found that the drug was safe, and this was also shown in another uh, trial the mind ICU, uh, mind use trial, and there might be a possible ben- beneficial effect. There might be something in uh, using this uh, drug. I don't mean that this drug should be used to all patients uh, with delirium in the ICU. I'm just saying from this trial, if you choose to treat a patient with delirium, and you you are doing that pharmacologically. I think haloperidol is the best studied drug we have so far, and it seems safe.
0: So how would you explain your findings that um, there was no significant difference in days alive and out of hospital, but there was a mortality difference?
1: So the steering committee thinks that what we see in the primary outcome is that we have survival in the periodal group. We actually managed to get sicker patients to survive their ICU stay with delirium. And this result in longer hospital uh, length of stay. And and as you have a combined outcome in the primary outcome, this will uh, will um, in- increase length of stay and somehow be uh, can't they work against each other in the uh, in the primary outcome so this is our uh, hypothesis that sicker patients survived in the haloperidol group and that's why the the primary outcome did not uh, meet a significant different difference but as we look at all the outcomes in the AICU trial it's it's more compatible with benefit of heloperidol than with harm Um, But I do underline that there is still uncertainty and our group is also at this to this interpretation of the trial, the one year follow up where one year uh, mortality will be reported health, um, health related quality of life measures and also cognitive function. And of course, these are also going to shed some light on the results of the ADASAU trial. Um, and, and ultimately, we also need to update systematic review with, uh, with trials that have been conducted before.
0: So your trial brings up this important issue of choosing um, the primary outcome. Um, if you had chosen mortality as the primary outcome, uh, your study would have been home and dry. But given that uh, your primary outcome wasn't mortality, it does raise the question, if uh, uh, because this was a secondary outcome, Um, In your future studies, uh, do you think you're going to aim for mortality as the primary outcome, or are you going to continue using um, number of days alive uh, uh, as your uh, primary outcome?
1: I think we we would rather scale the trial for mortality, uh, and this is also what we usually do. Actually, what we saw in the cohort study, the mortality was lower in that uh, study, so, of course, this is also within the limits of how we can recruit patients. Uh, if we had based uh, made the power calculation on mortality, we had to have more patients. And then that's why we chose this uh, primary outcome, which was also a combined effect of both mortality and some sort of morbidity, as patients that are discharged from hospital are given the more uh, help better than those. Who are hospitalized, but it is a complex outcome and, um, yeah, make, make some difficulties to interpret. And also, um, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, of course, uh, I would love to have uh, had de- uh, death as the primary outcome, we did not. And also, we should interpret the trial results with the caution, but I also interpret it in the context of that this is an drug we already are using in clinical practice, that is, it is cheap and off patent and something that uh, both uh, the clinical uh, personnel has good experience, they are experiencing using this drug. If it was any new intervention, I would be much more conservative. But in this light, and as the trials show that the safety is good, I I would just say that it it points toward benefits, uh, but of course you should um, you should you should be careful of which patient you would treat with this. I think the first step would be if you are going to treat a patient pharmacologically, then you could go for help at all.
0: You enroll patients into the study uh, with delirium. Um, were you able to quantify or get a number as to how severe the delirium was and if oh, that- so, um, did you observe any Decrease in the delirium with the use of haloperidol compared to uh, the control arm?
1: So, we did not measure delirium severity. Uh, I think you could give some indication for those who used the ICDSC score, but actually, we only used the score of either, either positive or negative. We, we did not measure severity. And then you have the indication of the duration in the secondary outcome days alive without coma. Delirium,
0: and then did you all do um, serial delirium scores um, during the hospitalization to see uh, if one group's delirium uh, resolved quicker than the other?
1: Well, patients were assessed uh, twice daily throughout the the ICU stay uh but I'm not sure which number you're seeking. The only the only counts I have for the delirium condition is the combined days alive and uh, uh, delirium or coma. Are you asking for the inverse, like the delirium duration?
0: Yeah, um, I think the question I'm asking is: um, you you mentioned uh, you enroll patients who had delirium at uh, initial study enrollment. Were you able to on each day? assess whether the patient still had delirium, yes or no? And if so, did you see that the time to resolution of delirium was faster in the haloperidol arm compared to the control arm? Oh,
1: no, we haven't measured that. No, we have the, the each day the status and we could, make, we could go back and look at that, but that we haven't measured yet.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then um, there are always important limitations in every study. Uh, what limitations do you want the audience um, members or the listeners to be aware of when interpreting your study? Well,
1: the most important one, I think, is the journalizability. This trial was mainly conducted in Denmark, and it's, of course, you cannot journalize uh, the ICU population in Denmark to the whole world. Uh, we, uh, I think maybe it's uh, generalizable to ICUs in Northern Europe, but I I do accept that uh, that this m- may be difficult to to, um, to say is one to one in in other countries uh, further away. Um, so. That's the major limitation. And also, uh, many have uh, also discussed that we did collect sparse background information on the population. And I agree on that. We could have collected more coexisting conditions so you can get a better impression of what type of population was included in the ADASU trial. And also, uh, Sedatives, detail more detailed data on the use of other sedatives could have been um, registered more thoroughly. Um, this was uh, rather pragmatic in the eight ICU trial. We registered all medication used to treat delirium and um, and but not the dosing. Um, only if they had received this agent on this day and the duration of uh, using this agent. And of course, as other uh, delirium trials, uh, there was still exposure to open-label antipsychotics out of pro- protocol in uh, in the ICSU trial, and of course, contamination of the placebo group with open-label antipsychotic will drive uh, uh, drive the group, uh, the difference towards null. So, uh, we still had some contamination. Um, I think. Uh, there's more, but that that's what I'm going to highlight. I think.
0: Great, I think it's uh, I really appreciate you doing that. Uh, so anina Nina, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us and discuss your study. Um, congratulations on uh the publication in the New England Journal of Medicine. And our, for our listeners, uh, we discussed the uh, NEJM article entitled "Haloperidol: The Treatment of Delirium in ICU Patients." Nina, um, maybe you could leave us with some last words or any, or any concluding remarks uh, for the audience.
1: Well, I just uh, I I just think that this is a very important uh, research field, and and I think uh, a lot of the ICU community could agree on that. This is a frequent condition, and we have a lot of patients suffering from this condition, and it is difficult to treat, but. Uh, paying more attention and, and uh, actually paying interest uh, uh, in this condition may improve outcomes. And uh, uh, luckily, uh, people are getting more interested in, in um, improving the outcomes for these patients. And um, I think there's plenty of room for doing that.
0: A big thank you to Dr. Anderson Randberg. And a big thank you to all of you for listening to the Breathe Easy Critical Perspective Podcast. I'm Dominic Pepper for the American Thoracic Society.